It's Friday night, and the mood is rare. Gonna have some fun, show you how you done. All right, welcome to week 105 of the Two Guys Into Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Season three. Season three. It is here. Uh, we're doing it. We're watching uh, the third season of TGIF. And uh, before we get into all that, a few things. Uh, thanks to uh, Feu Matos for the theme song this week. I'm probably butchering that name. Feu Matos. That's, I only know what Steve says. So if I, he got it wrong, I apologize that we both got His it His first wrong. name's F-E-U. And I think... Few? 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 I'm Feu? going, I'm going Feu. Fail. Okay. Well, we appreciate the theme song regardless. Yeah, so, for sure. And uh, make sure you're following us on social media as well at TGIFCast. And if you aren't subscribed to the YouTube channel, just search Two Guys in the Fridays. You can get video versions of all the uh, interviews where the people are okay with being on video, like uh, Angela Watson last week. Yeah, you just added that. So that's cool. And I was, well, you know, we were, I was looking at it the other day, and um, it's always amazes me. Like, which ones people, people watch, that kind of thing? Or? Well, or in general that people watch. Um, but yeah, how much? I mean, the Barbara Gonzalez one has been really popular, which is great because I think she's got a great story. That was a good interview. I like um, that one. It was. Yeah, she was really great to have on. Uh, and obviously, the Just the Ten of Us has got like over 10,000. I think it's over 11,000 views now. So I, at some point, do we get to monetize that? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> well, well, at least the world gets to have it. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, before we get into the episodes, we like to see what was going on 30 years ago. Now, these episodes would have wa- aired when? Like, what day in September? These episodes would have aired, I uh, should have been ready, September yeah, 20th, September twentieth, 1991. All right, so on September 19th, 1991, uh, Otzi the Iceman was discovered. What do you know about Otzi? Is that like the one that was in France that was the oldest human found at the time or something like that so is any of that right yeah i think so um it was fat fra- it was found in a like a block of ice like in a glacier yeah, or well, something that's why he's the ice man in uh feldthurns italy and okay. uh it is thought that he isn't a 53 year old 5,300, excuse me, year old mummy, and the oldest mummy, at least uh, at that time, I think maybe still, and uh, I don't, I'm looking at pictures of Otzi, and it's like perfectly preserved as well, I don't know how much like work they did to it to make it look like what it does uh-huh. now, but uh, it's kind of crazily creepy. So like, like human looking, not like a yeah. skeleton? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 like, yeah, look that's, it up, O-T-Z-I, Otzi the Iceman. Here's a drawing of, uh, oh, I mean, this picture that I'm looking at, okay. I mean, yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. I thought it was a it cool good. story. So, uh, but yeah, he was yeah, found, I mean, definitely uh, cool story. He was found Absolutely. in 1991 by some hikers on, uh, I guess it's, this is a trail, the Giogo di Tisa. I don't know. Or mountain or something. I don't something. know. But yeah, good that, for that's them. the one I pulled for this week. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? Yeah, so new everything. Yes. So new new song is The Promise of a New Day by Paul Abdul. I thought I was going to be think... able to predict this one. I was wrong. Once. What did you think? Would you think it was going to be Inner Sandman? Well, no, last week, another rock. <laughs> <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit came out last week. So I was like, oh, oh that's got to at some point that's got to be there. You I don't I don't know think, when. right? I think that that had a slow burn. I think that that probably will Took show a up a little bit later. Yeah. Because yeah. I know when I was a kid, I would come home from school every day and it they would just play it all like nonsense. That and Jeremy and Boys to Men 
just played like those were the only three songs they played. Yeah, on and that's TV. back when they used to do like the uh the countdown on New Year's Eve for music. It was like the top yeah. one hundred songs ever. And like those ever. were like yeah. it was like Aerosmith, Jeremy, and Nirvana T- Smells Like Teen Spirit were like the top three every year for like ten years. And Boys of Men. Boys of Men was always like number one or two. All right, I'll believe you. It was. I guarantee it. I, I promise you. I, I I remember that. You do too. I remember that era very well. Um, number one so anyways, movie. Yeah. Problems of a new day. So number one movie, Freddy's dead. The final nightmare, oh. which thanks to our listener, uh, Keith, he reminded us that is the, I believe sixth, sixth or fifth. Now I can't remember. Keith, Keith knows. It's either the fifth or sixth in the uh, sixth uh, movie in the series. And I think it was actually intended to be the last one because at the end of the movie, they do like a whole recap of all the kills throughout all the movies ever. Um, and they, you know, they kill Freddy at the end of the movie, like they always do, but had the power glove and all the, like the Nintendo Oh, that's the power glove one. Okay. The, the, the hearing aid kill. I don't know yep, if you remember that yep, one. Yep. Yeah. There's some really good ones in this movie. I, just, I, I watched it again the other day and it, it's a, it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, so. yeah. Anything else before we get into the episodes this week? I know we've got a, birthdays. a full one. Oh yeah. Birthdays. Who's up? One birthday we do. We have uh, Kevin Clash, who is you know the voice of of uh, the baby, and he does the puppeteering for the baby and a number of other dinosaurs on dinosaurs. Um, also, might know him as as Elmo on Sesame Street. So Kevin Clash, Friday puppeteer, the puppeteer voice or both of Elmo. Uh, the whole he, I mean, he all is Elmo. Elmo. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I had to look him up because I know he had some issues a while ago, and I was like, like, I don't know about that guy. Should anymore. we say his birthday? I, was, I don't know. <laughs> and I looked it up, and it's like it seems like he was pretty much exonerated. So okay, fair enough. I'm gonna let it roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So that's what I got. Um. Let's let's talk about. It. We got a whole new season here. All new episodes of all our shows. Uh, I guess it's important that we first uh, let you know what the TGIF lineup is this season, at least for now, right? For now. So uh, it's Family Matters. Step by step, perfect strangers and baby talk, and I guess that's gonna last for I don't know, a couple months maybe. Yeah, for a few months, we got a few episodes of uh, of baby talk before they before they give that the axe. But yeah, it, it's it's for a while. Couple, we too, got a few months. Couple too many of baby talk, in my opinion. In, into the next, one. we'll talk about we'll talk about that when we get to it because I'm I think we're gonna have similar. Uh, Similar ideas. All right, so we're starting off with that 8 o'clock slot. This is Family Matters Season 3, Episode 1. The name of the episode is Boom, with an exclamation point at the end. I feel like that's important. It is. Uh, so it starts off, uh, this is where we kind of get the change in Waldo for the first time, right? We've got Eddie, Laura, and Waldo coming into the kitchen. We do, yeah. And traditionally, Waldo has been this kind of like bad influence. He's always been a little stupid, um, but he's also been kind of just a bad kid. And this seems to transition more to really stupid and more of just like a dumb level. And now Eddie's best friend all of a sudden. too. Eddie's best friend. And what I read, too, is that they actually start to smarten Eddie up a bit here and let let Waldo take the uh, kind of the role that Eddie was playing as like the dumb kid. So we'll see how it goes. So they all come to the kitchen. they're talking a little bit about whatever school or something, Urkel, and then Carl comes down and he's uh, kind of blabbering about exercise, like starting to worry about his physique. I think Harriet's giving him a hard time. Um, he's well, he's giving a hard time at work too. Oh, Murtaugh yeah. is giving him a hard time for being out of shape at work. So. And he's gonna he's leaving. He's gonna go, I guess, work out, but he's gonna get some waffles on the way. We find out. Correct. Correct. And uh, we also learn here that Laura's pretty excited. She's glad Urkel's not there. He's gone. He's not at the house. She's finally got some away time from Urkel and uh, 
The only thing is, uh, well, first, uh, Eddie says something here that's pretty important. He says, um, okay. hang in there. Your dream guy is coming right around the corner for you. And as he says this, the door opens and an orangutan, yes, an actual orangutan comes in the back door. Um, just waltzes on in. Just walks on in. He uh, hops on the kitchen island and uh, we get a line from Waldo where he says, uh, see, uh, now you to be home by midnight. I didn't really. <laughs> okay. That's me. Trying- that's, that's his per that's her perfect man. So she's, they're going to go on a date now and he tells her to be home by midnight. Yeah. So, uh, get the theme song there. There is some changes to the theme song as well. Uh, Richie looks a little more grown up. They put some clips sure. in from season two and season three. And, uh, then we come back to, uh, Urkel. He's it, the, the scene is continued like immediately. This is back where we were in the kitchen. Uh, Urkel comes in, uh, and we find out that orangutan is his, of course. Um, his name is Lowell, and uh, he has kidnapped him from the, what, like a, the laboratory or something, right? He says it's a behavioral science lab that he has stolen him from. Yeah, they were going to use Lowell, the orangutan, to do tests on discontinued parachutes. And he was like, I discount pa- Discount parachutes. Discount parachutes. And uh, yeah. he's like, which, well, which doesn't really seem like a behavioral science thing, but whatever. Yep, so he's like, I got to steal this monkey. So he, is orangutan, is there, is, is an orangutan a monkey or no? Now I forget. Is it an ape or I don't or know, a man. I'm not a, I, I just said monkey the whole time. I might call I it monkey get... sometimes, an ape sometimes, but I feel like it might not be a monkey. But uh, either way, um, it's, an, it's an ape. Ape, not a ape. monkey. So he's kidnapped this thing. He's stolen it. And his plan is, as soon as the bank opens on Monday, he's going to get money out. He's going to go back to the laboratory. He's going to buy Lowell and then donate him to the zoo. Makes it's a noble sense. plan. Yeah. I, I don't know if it makes sense, but it's a noble plan. Well, I mean, the bank's closed, so he's got to wait till Monday. So he's got to hide this monkey or keep him or keep him away from the laboratory until Monday is the plan. Keep him away from really everybody that would rat him out by for Monday. So within jump to the gym, Carl is now arriving there, um, and it looks like he's going to be getting some training from Murtal. He's going to be like uh, getting him back into the shape that he wants to be. I don't know, back to the shape. I don't know if he was ever in shape, but... Uh, Murtaugh's going to be his personal trainer, and he takes Carl over uh, to the treadmill. This is where he's going to start his workout, I guess. Right. And uh, a few things here. Uh, this treadmill is voice activated, and you can kind of say your code name into the treadmill, and then the treadmill knows, like, your workout plan and, like, I guess your speed and stuff like that. So it sets up, like, a plan for you. And Murtaugh is like, use my code name. This is what's going to get you into shape. And he tells him here that his code name is Stallion. So anytime Carl wants to use the treadmill, he has to say Stallion into it. I, I appreciate the fact that Murtaugh works out in a with his badge on his like workout sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, um, he also Some tells character. He also tells Carl this treadmill right here. This is the reason that I caught the Boston bomber. Like if it wasn't for this treadmill, I wouldn't have been able to run him down on foot and catch him. And that might come into play a little bit later. Treadmills are good workouts. I recommend them. Um, so then we go outside of, win- of Laura's room. It's nighttime. We right. see that window that we've seen in other episodes before. And usually that means Steve Urkel's coming. And once again, Steve Urkel's coming. So yeah, climbs up the tree to come into the window. And uh, right behind him this time, Lowell the orangutan. He's, uh, he's right there. They go into uh, Laura's room while she's asleep just to look at her at first. And uh, Steve tries to tell Lowell, you got to be really quiet. We don't want to wake her because if she wakes up, she's going to be startled if she sees an ape just sitting in her room. But the problem is, while he's telling Lowell this, 
Laura just wakes up and, and then walks over to him and not startled at all. Which is kind of surprising because I would imagine she would have been surprised. But I guess at this point, nothing about Urkel surprises her or anything he does. So the reason why they have snuck into her room, Steve tells her that uh, his dad's not going to let him keep Lowell in the house. Um, the pro- uh, What Lowell did was he stole Steve Urkel's dad's credit card, went on the mm-hmm. home shopping network, and just bought a whole bunch of random stuff. Which... I mean, what do you think the monkey bought? Just like jewelry and kitchen appliances? This is my issue with this whole thing. So Uh 1991, he wasn't buying Home Shopping Network things off of the internet, right? He was calling in. He's calling in. How is he calling in? (laughs) Can you just like call in and enter an item number and then enter your credit card number? Oh, I don't know. I don't either. I've never never bought a single thing off of Home Shopping Network. Yeah, so I, I haven't either. I, I definitely know people who have and have had problems <laughs> with that, but uh, I don't know if you can just type in. I mean, I guess it would make sense if it's an automated system, right? But I feel like you're probably yeah, talking to yeah. an operator. I don't know. But anyways, this monkey was able to make it happen. Yep. He bought a whole bunch of stuff, and Steve is now begging Laura to let Lowell stay there um, for the night. Yes. And uh, eventually, with all of his begging and pleading, she actually agrees to it for some reason. She agrees to one night, and he's got to be gone before breakfast. So that's where we go now. We're downstairs. Um, Steve is, at this point, paying Richie and Judy to keep quiet about Lowell. <laughs> and it's weird, because, like, Richie doesn't even know why Urkel's paying him, or he's, like, being really good at just not saying it. Like, I don't know. It was a weird little scene here. Yeah, I think it's more of, like... Look at me. I can keep quiet. Like, yep, yeah, thanks for the money. I'm not going to say like, anything kind some- of thing pre pre uh pre issues you know the mon- he knows he has a feeling they're gonna see the monkey so he's paying him off beforehand so there's no there's no problems so there is a problem though because as he's paying uh these two laura comes down and says lowell has escaped he's not in my room i don't know where he is gone so we jump to the kitchen um rachel and harriet are in there i guess they're up for this is breakfast time right like this is the morning or is this still at night it is yeah you know, this is breakfast yeah. So Rachel's telling Harriet um, she had a nightmare that night, and uh, she woke up, wasn't able to sleep. Uh, the nightmare started great. It was a date, her, Denzel Washington, they end up kissing. Right, right. And when she opens her eyes, though, it's not Denzel Washington. There was an ugly-looking ape, which she thinks is part of the dream. But as we know, we know there's also an ugly-looking ape wandering around their house at this point. Yeah. And she is just convinced that this was a dream and, and not an actual ape because why would you think an ape's in your house right? yeah so at this point too while they're talking Lowell comes down the stairs that are in the kitchen and uh ends up just sitting in the chair right next to rachel at the, at the kitchen table she thinks she's like hallucinating or something she goes over <laughs> calls the doctor on the phone and then while uh rachel's doing that harriet hasn't seen Lowell yet harriet um looks over at Lowell, who has now picked up the sunday morning paper or whatever morning it yeah. is the morning paper holding it up in front of himself and she thinks that that's Carl at sitting at the table so she's like talking to Lowell like it's Carl eventually puts down the newspaper and uh of course Harriet freaks out because there's an orangutan in their kitchen and she throws the bowl of cereal that she has straight up in the air yeah this is a great scene the way that kind of Lowell hides behind the paper and Harriet has like a whole conversation with him before realizing that it's it's not Carl and it's in fact a monkey an ape 
Yeah, so then we go back to uh, Carl at the gym. Uh, Murtaugh's not there, so uh, what does Carl do? He goes to the treadmill, and he has to say stallion into the treadmill with a whole bunch of people around him. So he tries to, like, whisper it in, but, of course, uh, it's not loud enough, and he ends up having to yell stallion at the uh, treadmill. And then uh, as he starts going, the voice of the treadmill, like the operating system or whatever, uh, Uh changes. And now... We find out that the Boston bomber has hacked into Murtaugh's treadmill plan and has now taken over the treadmill and tells who, I guess, the Boston bomber thinks is Murtaugh on the treadmill. Right, right. That, I mean, I, did the movie Speed come out before this? No, it came out after this. Okay, this so this I mean, is where Speed, Speed got the idea from for the movie. 100%. This is the movie Speed uh, on a treadmill. You need to run, or if you get off this treadmill, it's going to blow up. Yeah, yeah. This was this. Keanu Reeves saw this was like, hey, let's make a movie. I'm um, obviously Keanu Reeves didn't didn't come up with the idea for Speed either, but it was probably Sandra Bullock. It was, yeah. So uh, Carl's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. All he knows is that he can't get off of this treadmill. He calls the other other cops that are around the room, tells them what's going on. They all freak out. They run away. One girl kind of stays behind, and he's like, "Go get Murtaugh. Tell him that uh, there's a bomb about to blow up. We need the bomb unit and." Uh, get him in here right now. And so she does. They uh, a bunch of other cops end up pushing Murtaugh into the room and uh now Murtaugh's all freaking out because of this bomb. It's the two of them in there alone with a treadmill that's going to explode if they stop running on it. We also find out that the bomb squad is busy because the uh, Middle East peace conference is in town, oh, yeah. which is a somewhat <laughs> dated and awkward reference. But Yeah, there's a few of those kind of awkward references, I feel like, in this uh, week of TGIF. Um, uh, yeah, well, Baby Talk's a yeah. whole, whole thing, yeah. All right, so they end up trying to like do the thing you would think. like One runs for a little bit, then they switch places, and the other one runs a little bit. But Carl gets back on pretty quickly. And well, Murtaugh uh, gets a cramp, so he or he he says he gets a cramp, so he he can't run. Uh, Carl tells Murtaugh, "We've got to disarm this thing. It's the only thing we're going to be able to do to save everyone, to save us." And uh, while Carl's running, Murtaugh opens up the treadmill, and I think he mentions something about his brother here too, right? Murtaugh's brother. He's like, I don't remember. He says like, my brother's uh, used to be a bomb guy, and uh, we might not want to listen to his plans though, because now they call him Stumpy or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So while Carl's running, he uh, he's like, all right, I know what to do, and he has like a little rhyme to remind him, like this does or like pull the red. Red is dead. dead. Yellow is yeah. Yellow's mellow or something. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> he tells him. I think him, that's if you should flush or not. <laughs> he tells him pull the yellow wire. Murtaugh pulls it. They dive to the floor, goes to commercial break. We come back. It doesn't explode. Everyone's safe. I'll tell you, I learned the best lesson ever from de-arming bombs yeah. from, or from Perfect Strangers, and I'll, I'll never forget it. Okay, well, um, I forgot. Okay, so there was the I can't remember what, the, the episode with the bomb when the you know the, the guy who came in that was crazy. I think that that's where this one came yeah. from. But at the Balky pulls a wire at the last second. And and Larry says, how did you know which wire to pull? And Balky said, it doesn't matter which wire I pulled. If, it, if I was wrong, we were going to blow up anyways, which is, of course, like you got to pull something when there's a second left. Sure. Right. You got to make a decision like it doesn't even matter. You're going to blow up if you're wrong. You're going to blow up if you if you're, you're not going to blow up if you're right. So it's it's there's always an option. It was a little bit different here because they, they could have kept running. But <laughs> I don't know how long they're going to keep that up for. So Especially with Carl is the main main runner. 
Yeah, so they get up after the bomb doesn't explode, and Murtaugh asks Carl, how did you know which wire to pull? And Carl's like, I just guessed. And uh, Murtaugh faints at this point, and then that's kind of like the end of that scene. (laughs) That's the end of that. So back at the Winslow house, uh, Laura and Lowell are on the couch. They're watching Tarzan on TV. Steve arrives. Um, He has paid for Lowell. He now owns Lowell. He also bought five hamsters while he was there that only walked to the right. I don't know. Does that mean in circles? That they just walk in circles? Yeah, they're like NASCAR drivers or something. And uh, they only go left. NASCAR goes left. So this so they're opposite direction, I guess. Opposite NASCAR drivers. Yeah. So they uh, try to take Lowell, or what did I write? I mean, they so try Lowell, to take Lowell to the zoo. Is, but Lowell, Lowell, yeah, they're going to try right. to take Lowell to the zoo. Lowell doesn't want to go. And yeah, Lowell it's that is classic like, like I, yeah. I don't want to leave you type thing with a pet and. Uh, Steve and Lowell end up hugging and Urkel says he's them, gonna come visit him all the time. Yeah, and even uh Laura's gonna come visit too, right? Is what he tells yeah. Lowell. We're never gonna see Lowell again. Oh, is that true? Probably. So I bet you he's back. No. The fans are gonna beg for Lowell to come back. Season four, Lowell's gonna have an episode. I don't, I don't know if that's Maybe. True. Maybe they're like that's how they got rid of Judy because they needed the budget for, for <laughs> Lowell and the animal handler. Can we talk how good of like Lowell is though, as an orangutan, like uh, a oh, he's great. orangutan, he's awesome. Yeah, no, he was he was great. He was great, um, especially right here in this scene. One of my favorite Lowell scenes of the episode. So Harry and Carl get home. Uh, Harry tells Carl, "You're exhausted. All this bomb stuff. You need to go take a nap." And uh, Carl's like, "I don't need to take a nap. Stress doesn't affect me at all." He then looks at the sofa, and then Steve and Lowell, who are both dressed identically, which is very important. Uh, look at Carl. They do this like wave that, which is like perfect. The two of them. And then, uh, Carl's like, all right, maybe just a little nap. And then that's the end of the episode. (laughs) That's it. It's a good one. It was a good episode. It was a good kickoff. I, I am, um, I like, I like the new Waldo. I, I I think, yeah, I think it's fun. This is the Waldo that everyone, everyone knows. Yeah. And he's, it's a good, it's another funny character. I mean, this show has got a lot of funny characters, but I think it, it, I like this Waldo a lot, and I'm excited that he's... I hope he's going to be more of a bigger part of the show moving forward. Did you see some news, like, very recently about Urkel? Like, he's doing something as the Urkel character, like, in a movie or a show or something? No, I mean, the last, the last like, big thing that I saw with him was was the whole, like, weed company he was starting as Urkel. He's doing something very soon. I'm looking it up real quick. Um, like, like, a, like as, as Urkel. That's what I thought. Julia White returns to Steve Urkel role despite his complex relationship with the character. That's 12 days ago. That's not it. It was something like two days ago. A day ago, he's uh, with Adam Sandler in his new new Adam Sandler movie. But I thought it was something as Urkel. I don't know. Don't know. As soon as we have that info, we'll share it here. All right. So (laughs) step by step. You ready for it? Step by step. So this is uh, the first episode of Step by Step. It's just called Pilot, and uh, we got to play the theme song here because that's what we do whenever we have a new show, right? Absolutely. All right, so here it is.
All right. So, yeah, we talked top to tier. Angela about it last week. Uh, the roller coaster. Top definitely top tier. Like, I more than Full House and Family Matters, I appreciate a theme song that's written for the specific show. I understand that. I was I was really struggling to like kind of rank them the yeah. other day, and I I couldn't I couldn't because I, they're all all such three of those classics and Perfect Stranger. I love the Perfect Stranger yeah. song. I love I the too. High Honey I'm Home song. They're such earworms that like it's really hard to start singing one of them without. There's some bad just, ones though. Well, they I'm talking about the three I mentioned specifically: Step by Step, Full House, Family Matters. I'll throw Perfect Strangers in there too, but it's hard to start singing those without finding yourself singing the rest yeah. of them. Like they're, they're all just so good. This one is, this is top tier stuff we're talking. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to say anything else about the theme song or the video well, or anything like the that. The other thing I want to mention is I did pay, t- you know, Angela Watson in the interview last week mentioned how that there was a, another random kid that was, was supposed to be the original Chris, uh, Christopher Castile. Uh, and it, is that Brendan? Not Brendan. Oh, the Mark. Other, the, Mark. Yeah. So the character, so Christopher Castile played Mark. But there was another kid that was originally in the the true pilot um, that they shopped around that played Mark, and he is in the um, he's in the, the opening credits, and you can see you can very easily see him with the family in some of the scenes that uh, he's walking around with them in. All right, so after the theme song, we come back um, and we get like a shot. It's an exterior shot of a house, and it says his house. So we know this right. is Frank's side of the family. Um, they go inside. It's small. It's run down. It's very messy Filthy. inside. Filthy. Yeah, and uh, we start in the kitchen with the three kids, and they're trying to uh, make some cereal for breakfast. But all the boxes are empty, right? Yeah, and there's like old cereal in the sink. It's it's like a mess. It's a it's a it's a it's a wreck. Uh, we start like learning the names of the characters, kind of like as the episode goes. But uh, just for everyone listening, if you don't remember, Frank's the dad. He's got JT, Alan, Brendan. Carol's the mom. She's got Dana, Mark, and Karen. Those are the six kids. I, I forgot how many characters were in this show. And, There's a lot. And it took me a minute to like get everything straight so that I could keep notes here. Yeah, so uh, Frank comes downstairs while they're trying to make breakfast. Um, they're all like getting ready to leave for school. Al tells uh, Frank she's got a fever and she doesn't think she can go to school. Her dad feels her forehead and says, uh, feels like there's a spelling test today and kind of pushes her out the door, go to school kind of thing. Right. She's trying to fake it. So uh, is this, she said something too, like, uh, I should have said I had a colon or a something, an uh, exploding colon or something like that. <laughs> I missed that. Should have used that as an excuse. It comes back later too. But uh, then we go to another shot, another house, very nice house. It says her house <laughs> under the on the little caption or whatever. We know this right. is Carol's house. Uh, Carol go, Foster. Yep. yep. They go inside. Um, just like the other house, we go into the kitchen where we where we see all three kids. So cool little parallel here. And um, Mark, he's working on a science project. Um, and we we did mention the actor who played Mark. And then Dana, who also, the two of them were both in Going Places, which we've seen. Yeah, Stacey Keenan, Christopher Castile. And then uh, another girl, which is Karen, who we had on last week, Angela, Angela Watson. Watson. They're all in the kitchen. Um, and while they're in there, their aunt Penny comes in. She comes in from a door that's like in the kitchen that doesn't go outside, which uh, kind of shows that there's actually a salon that's attached to their house, which uh, their mom, Penny, and uh, a few other characters work out of. 
I completely forgot about the whole salon and that cast of characters. hundred percent. I saw that. I was like, what is going on? I feel then, like they get rid of it at some point. Or like, I see. I do too. You know what but my like, guess would be? Like, I don't know if this is true or not. Like, maybe they turn it into another bedroom or something. Like, I doubt for this Cody house has, or something. I mean, six bedrooms. If ever, if every kid has their own bedroom, I doubt this house is six bedrooms. No, definitely not six bedrooms. But like, but, I could see like JT being like, I don't want to stay with Brendan anymore. I want my own room. And then they like convert yeah, it to a bedroom. I completely or forgot about this whole part of the show. Yeah, and I I think it's because they don't keep it going. That's my guess. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So Penny comes in. Um, she and she's Carol's sister. I don't know if you said that, but she is the aunt. Yeah. She's Carol's sister. So she's their aunt. She's Carol's sister. She's working the salon. Um, and as she comes in, then Carol comes downstairs, and we find out that Carol has just gotten back from a vacation uh, that she was in Jamaica, right? Right. Yep. She was on vacation in Jamaica. So Carol goes into the salon. They welcome her back from her vacation, everything. And uh, everyone's, or I guess Carol especially, is kind of acting a little weird. Like, we don't know what's going on yet, but something's wrong or she's trying to hide something or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of stereotypical. Like, she's a little bit more bubbly after coming back from vacation. And so the other woman who's like in the credits and stuff, not Penny, but what's the other one? Peggy. And that is that is Carol and Penny's mom. Okay. So Penny and Peggy are trying to Penny and Peggy, yeah. figure out what is going no, on no. with no? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Her name is Ivy. The, the actress, the woman that plays Peggy. Penny and plays Ivy. Ivy is Peggy. Penny and so Ivy. So Ivy and Penny are the are the characters' names. Okay. Sorry about that. No. That's confusing. I apologize. Um so they're trying to figure out what's going on with Carol, trying to get some information out of her, but they're unsuccessful. And we do know that her appointment is coming in. And this is where we find out that her next uh, appointment at the salon is actually Frank, who we saw earlier in the episode. And right. uh, we don't know what's going on, but uh, Carol asks Frank if he wants some coffee. And he's like, yeah, sure. Do you want me to help you out? And then the two of them go back into the house, into the kitchen, shut the door, and almost immediately start making out in the kitchen. So something's <laughs> going on for sure. Something's going on, and then after they're done making out, Carol says she wants a divorce. Yep, so these these two are married. Um, we find out she doesn't know why she did it, but um, they apparently got married while, why, while they were in Jamaica. Right, they've been married for 36 hours at this point. So, um, And apparently, well, Carol says uh, neither of them could have known the other one would have been in Jamaica, and this is where we find out, too, I think we find out here, that Frank actually knew Carol was going to be in Jamaica because he followed her to Jamaica after getting the Stalker. information yeah, from her travel agent. Like, the flight, where she's staying, everything like that. Yeah, this is creepy. Um, yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. This is this is not, like, a normal thing to do. Um, no, not so normal? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is creepy. Um, this kind of sets up a weird Frank, and we I know so we've already done the live show where we talk about next episode. Yeah, I know I bring it up there, but like Frank is just a kind of a weird dude. He's just kind of a little creepy. Yeah, I mean I I I, I have my guesses of why the last marriage might have ended, but uh, possibly sure sure. So um, Carol keeps trying to talk Frank out of this relationship. Like let's end this thing, let's get out of it. But Frank like continually like moves closer to Carol as she's talking to him ends up kissing her again and carol's worried obviously this relationship is just sexual there she doesn't even know her like they've been cutting right she's been cutting her hair his hair for three months and that's about it and then this weekend in jamaica or whatever 
but there's also this part of this. It's like, how do you explain this to the rest of the people? Like, how do I, how do I seem like a rational human being explaining this to my mom, sister, and kids that I married a dude in Jamaica on a whim? Like it's a hard conversation. Yeah. And this is actually where now is where Frank actually reveals that he got the information from the travel agent. And Carol actually tells him that she finds it romantic though, that he did all of that. She does. And uh, her biggest worry though, right now is what they're going to tell the kids. Like you said, how they're going to tell them. And Frank suggests, well, what we need to do is uh, get them all together, let them hang out, but don't actually tell them that we're married yet. Date for a while, and then we'll just uh, get engaged and have a wedding, and then they'll never, they'll never even know we got married in Jamaica. I mean, it's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan, but uh, Frank's other comment is, well, how long do you think that should take? Maybe two or three days? Right. That's exactly. that's where we have the problem. Oh, Frank. So uh, then we have a scene of Frank and the kids arriving at the uh, Foster's house for a barbecue. He's brought all of them over. Yep. Um, The parents are introducing the kids to each other. Um, Al calls out Carol for being nervous. Like, you you seem a little nervous about this whole thing. And then we find out, too, this is is all happening at at the front door. Like, they've walked in, so they're, like, right at the steps, I think. And uh, JT and Dana apparently know each other from school because he put a rat in her locker, which she said was a dead rat, but he says wasn't dead when he put it in there. And I think he she calls him Rat Boy, rat which Boy. just reminded me of just the ten of us. That was what Matt Shackman's character. They call him Rat Boy. Yeah, yeah, Jr. They they called him Rat Boy in that uh, that one episode. All right, so then they all go back outside um, for this cookout, and Penny says something to Al, which she then discovers that Frank was actually in Jamaica as well. So now she's starting to connect all the dots. She's putting two and two together. Right. Um, They're starting this cookout in the backyard. Uh, Frank's cooking burgers, which he burned and threw water on immediately. And uh, Karen comes out screaming because Al squirts some ketchup all over her dress, which when she then shows her mom, you can't even see it. Like it must have been like a drop or something like that. Well, yeah, or a or a continuity error. Um, <laughs> but too. yeah, Frank uh, Frank cooking is something I think that is a continued gag throughout the show so far, or will be as far as we've seen, where he just can't. He, he can't cook anything. Like even the most simple things, he can't do. So after Karen tries to get Al in trouble for getting ketchup on her dress, Al is like, oh, well, if you think it was on purpose, this is actually on purpose. And then she squeezes like an entire bottle of ketchup onto Karen all over her dress. Um, I think JT gets involved, and then the entire six kids start a food fight in the backyard. Yep, food fight. Right in the middle of the food fight, though, Penny yells, I bet you two wish you were still in Jamaica. And now the family freezes, and everyone is trying to figure out what's going on. Dana confronts her mom for going together with with Frank to Jamaica, and she says, well, we didn't go together. We were just there at the same time. Um JT reveals that he knows that they're dating and Frank accidentally says they're not dating. They're married. <laughs> they're and married. Now everyone is completely in shock. That's yeah, it's out. Cat's out of the bag. So we come back after a commercial break. Um, we see the front of the house again. The word her house now says their house. Their house. Yep. And uh, Frank and the kids arrive. They're moving into the Foster's house already. That seems wild. This just seems wild. I mean, it is wild, but it's wild. Uh, Frank says, hi, honey, I'm home, which I really appreciated. Um, I did, too. 
And then Frank is very positive about this whole thing. He thinks everything's going to work out. He thinks they're in love and the kids are going to be great and there's not going to be any problems. But Carol is still very hesitant about everything. And every, I mean, the only he's essentially the only person that is really excited about this. All the kids. Maybe Penny. It. You think Penny? Yeah, uh, that's it. I think. Maybe. I think Frank. And OK. Penny. Everyone hates this idea. Um, Al's brought a pig and no one knows how to handle that in the in the foster house or in the labor no, foster household. It's 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 just it's wild. Yep. So Frank sits down with Carol, kind of like talks to her a little bit, eases her, says everything's going to be OK. They start kissing and making out again. It's um, Frank. Yeah. And then uh, Penny screams because there's a pig in the shop. So it kind of ends the scene like that. Um, yeah, exactly. and like yeah, the pig like runs out. Does the pig run out? I don't know. I don't pig think so. Um, so next day, it's breakfast time. Um, Carol's getting everyone's breakfast ready for school. Um, she's showing Frank how they do things and how normally they all eat breakfast together. And he's like, "What? How do you guys do that?" And then Frank Al- doesn't even get the kids' names right. <laughs> um, Al comes down and she says she doesn't feel very good. And uh, Frank's like, "Oh well, uh, this is just you trying to get out of another test. What kind of test is it this time?" Uh, tries to push her out the door. He ends up leaving for work, and then before she leaves, Carol feels Al's head doesn't feel like she's like feeling right. Like it feels warm to her, is what she says. And she feels then, like she has a temperature. Yeah, yeah. And she sits down, Al, and says, uh, "Hey, I think we need to go to the doctor. I think there's something serious going on." Yeah, and Al does the whole like "you're not my mom" thing, um, which is weird because because Carol's like on her side trying to help her and believing her that she's sick. But, yeah, she also says something about like no one ever believes me, and uh, that she had mentioned that earlier too. I think at the cookout, like someone was like saying that maybe she stole something. She's like, "Why don't you believe me? I didn't steal it," or something like that. And uh, she's got a problem with trust. Is the big thing right? She now. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the commercial break, we come back. The entire family is now uh, in the lobby of the doctor's office. We found out that. Um, Al had to have her appendix removed, which I can say is not a pleasant thing. Can I tell? I want to tell this story real quick because yeah, I think it. this is really relevant. So, very early on, and and me and your like our friendship, we we were hanging maybe out. maybe the second uh, time we ever hung out. I don't know if it was that early, but it was really early, and we, it was it was you and your wife, me and my wife, and I think another group of friends, and we went to go get hot dogs at, at a place in Richmond. Yep. And you were complaining the entire time. My stomach and you hurt. Were like, really bad like you were like I remember. laying on the you were like laying on the booth you were just complaining and complaining and i was like shannon is this guy i mean I, we just started hanging out with him is he this is do you think this is like what he does he just like complains all the time and is like really just like annoying and complaining what um, they, what, hypochondriac is that what they call that yeah hypochondriac like we were kind of like i don't know this might not be the friendship that we thought it was going to be <laughs> it and, almost ended that night and it turned out you had appendicitis and you're, you had to go to the hospital and get your appendix removed. The next which day. Which is a totally, yeah. yeah, which was totally a legit reason to to act like that. Um, but yeah, we were both like, I don't know, this might not, we might not want to hang out with this this couple. This, this might not be a good fit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I had my appendix removed. Al had her appendix removed. And uh, the doctor comes out, tells everyone she's doing fine. And she actually asked to see the bimbo, which uh, the she bimbo. has referred to... Uh, 
Karen or Carol. Who's Carol. Karen? Karen's, yeah. the, Karen's the daughter. Karen's Angela. Yeah. She's referred to Carol as the bimbo a couple times in this episode. I think maybe Frank said something about the bimbo too, or maybe she, maybe he was defending. It was the doctor, I think. I think the doctor came out and said she wants to see Carol. Well, yeah, and... yeah, yeah. So the doctor yeah. okay. says that. Yeah. But um, Carol goes into the back, um, and Al is there in the hospital bed, and Al actually thanks Carol for believing in her, which I mentioned earlier. And uh, Al questions why Carol is being so nice to her. And Carol explains, well, I mean, if we're going to be friends, the first thing that we've got to do or no, that's not what she says. She says being friends is the first step in becoming a family. And first step. Yeah. Step by step. Oh, how about that? I think she actually says part, but we'll pretend like she says step. No, I I wrote step too. Yeah. Okay. I wrote part. (laughs) I wrote step. I think it was step. Uh, it's the first step in becoming a family. And Carol asks Al um, if she can give her a hug. They end up hugging. Frank comes in while they're hugging, sees them hugging, and just uh, kind of stands at the door and smiles. Yeah, he's happy. They're getting along. And then we get the final scene of the episode. Um, we're back at the house. Uh, we're in the bedroom of Frank and Carol. Carol is uh, working on making a shopping list for all the kids. And you can tell all Frank wants is to like get Carol naked in the bed like as quick as possible. And Carol asks Frank if he uh, needs anything at the store. And uh, he grabs the list from her, writes something down, which we assume is probably sex because it's a real quick word that he writes down. Right. Um, Carol says, Frank, the kids might see this. And he's like, then let's cross it off the list. And then there's more <laughs> more making out a creepy Frank. And that's the end of the uh, episode. Frank, Frank, Frank. he's going to be... I, I... I don't remember how his character evolves, if it evolves at all throughout the show. So you're going to be fine. You, I remember when uh, you hated the dad on High Honey I'm Home for the first few episodes. Hated. Oh, I still did. I still did. I didn't. Nah, I never liked that character. Along. I never liked that character. But here's what I will tell you. Here's what I want to say about this show, real quick. First of all, Port Washington, Wisconsin. What a weird place to like choose to have a show. Uh, Port Washington isn't a real place, but just like random Wisconsin place. Strange. They need to anyway, rocket distance away from Steve Urkel for the nap- next. Is that episode. that's what it was? Okay. okay. The whole show is based on that. The other thing I want to say is we've seen a lot of a lot of pilots and a lot of shows that just don't work. Oh yeah, we talk this about this show, uh, at the live show too, right? We do we, a little bit. Yeah, this show clicks immediately. This cast just like makes sense. Um, and and the show you can tell from I think this episode from the very from the very start that this show is going to be. A, a you know a big deal for a long time. Yeah, um, my, and, and my whole is. theory with it was like they've figured out like what we need to make something work. So they got a couple of adults that have been doing it for a while. They got a right. couple of kids that have been doing it for a while, and then they can bring in the other kids to kind of like fill in the spots and like work it out. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that that's what you just said is part of as part of the key is that like a lot of the kids they had already had experience with. You know, Angela Watson was on a show beforehand. Stacy. And uh, Christopher were both on an you know on TGIF shows, so they had they had experience. Um, but yeah, this show they just click, they just get it from the beginning, and that's exciting to see. I'm I'm really excited to go back and start watching this one. Yep, me too. Um, so we're at nine o'clock now on Friday nights. It's Perfect Strangers season Perfect seven, Strangers. episode one. Name of the episode. I'm excited right away. It's Bachelor Party. Bachelor, you've got what? a bachelor party coming up. I've got one coming up, not for me, but for somebody else that I'm going to. Somebody else, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I want Balky to throw my bachelor party though after this episode. Because all they did was sit around and watch football. <laughs> so right. his whole plan was well, to sit around and watch football. He's got some great snacks. We'll get into it in a minute. So we start off with okay. the Chronicle. Um, Balky runs in to tell Larry that he's got to throw him a bachelor party. He, um, he just right. found he this found out. out. He's the best line. man. Um, 
And uh, that's what he's got to do. So Larry wants to know if Balky has any entertainment planned for the bachelor party because he wants a stripper or something his bachelor party right he obviously means stripper yes but uh balky's not taking the hints what entertainment means and he's kind of like he's trying to figure out this thing he's never done a bachelor party before right but he says they will bob for olives and play pin the mustache on miss meepos and then oh, they bob- some- no they're bobbing for onions i'm pretty sure i thought he said olives i think it's i think it's onions Okay, maybe it's onions, and then play pin the mustache on Miss Meepos, and then do some uh, team quilting. Yeah, quilt sounds awesome. I, that's a good bachelor uh, party. All right. So, anyways, uh, while they're okay. talking about this bachelor party, uh, Mary and Jennifer come in because you know they just show up at work all the time, and uh, yeah, they're there to take Larry to get his ring fit. That's what they got to do. Right. And uh, while this is going on, too, we kind of get some interesting um, lines from Marianne. From Marianne? Yeah, very much so. She is actually trying to uh, push Balky into proposing to her at the same time. She's hinting very heavily, yes. I would not be surprised. Like, I don't remember what happens. A joint wedding, I feel like, is very possible for this show. I mean, we've got another whole season. So we got plenty of time to get things things set up. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But... um, Lydia comes in. This is the same actress for Lydia. I don't know why she looked different yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it is, it is. Um, she comes in. She suggests, uh, Jennifer, you kind of need to sign a prenup because you're the one that's going to be making all this money, not not Larry. And uh, very, I, Br- I, very Britney Spears esque. Yeah, it might be a good idea. So we've got that in the back. I don't know if that's going to come back at any point, but uh, that's what Lydia uh-huh. has to fill in. And uh, Balky tells Marianne he's going to be hosting Larry's bachelor party, and Jennifer's like. I hate the idea of a bachelor party. Like, uh, I actually, was it like her brother or uncle or something? Like, had his ru- marriage ruined from a bachelor party? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I think it was an uncle, but it could have been, could have been brother. Yeah, yeah she, somebody, somebody in her family. She doesn't want Larry to have one at all because she um, is just She's worried something's going to happen. And uh, yeah, exactly. Larry's like, you have nothing to worry about. Balky's the one throwing this thing. Nothing's going to happen. Can't go wrong. Yep. So then we jump right into this bachelor party. It's happening in Balky and Larry's apartment. There's a bunch of dudes sitting around watching football. I have no idea who any of these people are, right? Like They're all random people. All just people that live down the hall, I guess. Or work work at the Chronicle. Or they used to work at the Ritz. Yeah. Um, Balky's serving a whole bunch of uh, Miposian appetizers. I don't know if he wrote down anything that he had. I had a really hard time understanding what he was saying. I, I put goat guttles, but I don't know if that was right or not. I don't know either. Uh, I don't um, know. As, while Balky's, was the audio was the audio on the one you watched really strange, like really like tinny? Uh, like not, it sounded like I didn't okay. notice anything. The version I watched was it sounded like it was in like a like a metal box. Where were you it watching was, it? On Apple TV. Okay, I watched it on Hulu. So, I mean, maybe it could be different. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so Larry is like yelling at everyone too. He's like, you guys can't be so loud and you can't make a mess and, uh, you've got to, I don't know, just be better. And then while this is going on, there's a knock at the door and it's Sam. And, uh, he's like, all right guys, I got stuff we need. And like immediately while Balky and Larry are not looking, he takes an entire bottle of vodka, dumps it in the punch. <laughs> and, uh, he's ready to get this party going as quick as possible. I mean, he kind of does it like behind their back, but then he's also very open about it. Like they take a sip and he's like, yeah, let's start drinking. <laughs> I don't think they know, but I could be wrong. Oh, they definitely know. Cause they, they both take a sip and they're like, and they're like, ah, like is- it's burning. Like they're like trying to like spit it out. But then like, ah, but then they're like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. yeah. And then they start, they know it's up. They know it's up. Um, so yeah, Larry and Balky both take a cup 
and then we skip ahead. It's later, still at the party. Larry and Balky are both drunk now at this point. Drunk. Smashing plates on their own heads. Yeah, breaking like two at a time. Um, starts with Larry. Balky joins in, breaking them. Then there's a knock at the Breaks door. Knock at the door, and the stripper's there. Um, she's dressed up in a trench coat. Her name's Bambi. And then she starts dancing into the commercial break. And that's Sam, yeah. Sam the stripper, her, right? The stripper's there. Do we know that, that for sure? Sam's the one that got her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, 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 we find out that that is what happened for sure. Okay, so after the commercial, when we come back, it's now the next morning. The phone's ringing. The apartment is a disaster. It looks like the episode where someone robbed the place with throwing stuff everywhere. And, it looks like the Foster's house. Yeah, or their house. Um, Larry and Balky are still drunk. They're trying to answer the phone. They can't even figure out how to pick up a phone. Larry thinks it's Larry- in the wall at some point. Yeah. That's where the cable's going. And uh, eventually, he they do answer the phone. It's Jennifer. She wants to talk to Larry. And she's asking him all kinds of questions about the bachelor party and wants to come down right now so he can try on his wedding band. Exactly. And so Larry is like, we have to clean this apartment right now, even though there's no way they're going to get anywhere, anything done before she comes down the you know, two flights of stairs or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's not even the time. Like, they're so drunk, they can't even, like, pick up stuff. Like, they're, like, throwing, like, couch cushions, like, on the back of the couch. And, like, yeah. they're not getting anything done. And this is also where, while they're cleaning, they discover that Larry got a tattoo of Bambi the stripper on his forearm. Smack dab on his left forearm, the, his ring finger forearm. Yeah, that's important too. That's where his ring's going to be because uh, there's a knock at the door. Of course, it's Jennifer. They um, are trying to figure out how they're going to hide this tattoo because uh, at some point, Balky has also ripped the sleeve off of it. And uh, the idea that they have, which is like a, one of those classic scenes from this show, it's an extended comedy bit where. Larry is now sitting on the couch with an oversized jacket and to not show that arm, even though it's in a jacket, Balky puts his arm through the back of the jacket and is using one arm to pretend like it's Larry's left arm. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. The problem is though, like he's wearing a jacket. (laughs) What's that a problem? He doesn't do anything to hide it. He has two different, he what? So didn't the sleeve get ripped off the shirt, not the jacket? Yeah, off the shirt. So then, when, then he put his arm in a jacket. Why does he need to do anything else? Why can't he just have his own arm in yeah. the jacket? Yeah, that's that's true. I, let's blame it on them being drunk. That's my only thing I got. So <laughs> or just it being Balky and Larry. So yeah, Balky. They're doing the little arm gag thing where someone's using their yeah, arms yeah. to control the other person. But Balky's got one arm going through this coat. Larry's sitting on the couch. So. Larry looks like it's his arm, but it's actually Balky's arm, which is, like Travis said, hairy and a different size. Right. So Jennifer comes in, um, and then there's this whole, like, a whole conversation that Jennifer has with Larry, with Balky's arm kind of controlling and doing different movements as they're going. Yeah, and she kind of realizes that the hand is different and is trying to navigate that yeah and eventually as after talking for about like three minutes with him she says why don't you guys just stop i know about the bambi tattoo <laughs> she knew the whole time she knew the whole time um she tells them that uh one of the guys that was at the party right like came up J- to use the bathroom jimmy, or something. yeah yeah jimmy did um or no he was looking for his car in the middle of the night that's what it was and uh okay they 
all realize this whole thing's Gorpley's fault, right? Like, uh, yeah, she's not mad at them. She's like, I know that it wasn't you all. I know that this is Gorpley, and it was his, all his fault. He gave you a whole bunch of alcohol. He brought the stripper over, like the tattoo thing. She she forgives him right away and says, "Go ahead and clean that tattoo off too." And like, this is like they they thought it was a real tattoo the whole time, but obviously right. it was just some kind of temporary thing. Yeah, she's also mad that somebody painted Marianne's dog, and that seems to be the most the most upsetting part of this whole party. Yeah, and she tells them they need to come upstairs and apologize, apologize. to Marianne too. So exactly. uh, Jennifer goes upstairs ahead of them, and Balky and Larry are kind of left behind. Balky feels that he has failed Larry. He says he's stepping down as the best man, but Larry tells Balky that he couldn't have a better best man than Balky. Larry's happy. They dance of joy. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> I really like this episode. This was like a classic Perfect Strangers episode. Yeah, this was the kind of Perfect Everything Strangers you would episode. expect. Like, you get the dance yeah. of joy. You get your long comedic scene. You get, like, a problem. I don't know if... Did and Larry it, learn anything this episode? I feel like at the end there's some kind of, like, moral type thing. No, I mean, not besides the fact of, like, don't try to lie to Jennifer. Um, don't drink punch that Sam Gorpley was near. Maybe. But generally... This it was on track. There was a, the story arc was there, and it was had that kind of classic humor. So I liked it. Yeah, I, and I hope we're, that this continues, and we're progressing in this story of eventually getting to this wedding is what we're thinking. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like last season was just a mess. Like we were all over the place, and so I was glad to see them kind of getting things back on track. Yeah, I blame COVID for the last last season. You blame COVID? All right, so baby talk <laughs> nine thirty slot. This is uh. Season two, episode one. The name of the episode appropriately is starting over because we've got we're pretty much starting this whole show over, right? Right. We're starting from from zero. So right from the theme uh, video, we see that we've got a whole bunch of new characters, a whole bunch of new actors, um, a new mom, a new handyman, a new neighbor. Like it's it's a new show. It really is. Yeah, I mean, this is. I don't even understand why they did this. This is this is. Literally the the most reboot of reboots I've ever seen for a TV show mid-season ever. So the episode starts off. Uh, we're at Dr. Fleischer's office. Is this the last we see of him right here? Is this it? This is it. This this 30 seconds is the end of yes. uh, Elliot Fleischer. So they're visiting him at his office in uh, New York City to tell there him. There is one other part, though. There's the beginning. When it opens, there's a little like scene with Mickey and I, I'm assuming it's the same Danielle, the, the neighbor's daughter, where they're dressed in like full like indigenous regalia playing what? the drums. I didn't have Did that in my episode. This? No, we watched it on the same the same place, right? You watched it on that like Canadian uh, yeah. website, right? How did okay. I not see that? I don't know. They're it's both before the doctor's like a, office. It's before the credits. They're sitting in front of like a, a white screen. Yeah, they're sitting in front of a white screen, and it's just the two of them. They're wearing like headdresses, <laughs> full indigenous gear playing the drums no. um, and Mickey turns to the, to the little girl and says, you need to practice more. And she gets up and leaves. And that's the scene. Okay. Cause it's like the end. Cause you saw the, the end credits. They, they are doing the same thing. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, so so yeah, they're at the doctor's play, office Dr. just to like say, Hey, we're moving to Brooklyn and we need to transfer our information. He's like, here's a doctor. Go see this guy. Uh, see you later. Yeah. I'm no longer on the show kind of thing. And we, yeah, and like like Steve said, we have new mom. Mary Page Keller now plays Maggie. Same character, Maggie, different different actress. Mary Page Keller. The only reason I, I want to mention is she also comes back in Camp uh, Camp Wilder, which is a, a show that's on TGF that evidently people love. So we'll get to there eventually. Do we know her from anything else? I mean, not TGIF, but like is she famous I mean, for? 
she's in a lot of stuff. She like looks so she's familiar. In, she's in a lot of stuff. She was in Heart of Dixie, which is a show that I watched and my wife watched. She was in, I mean, she's got like kind of one-off roles in a okay. lot of TV shows. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that she was in that was like for a longer period of time. Zoe, Duncan, Jack and Jane. Do you All right, I give up. Joe's um, Life, Camp Wilder. So yeah, <laughs> Dr. Fleischer gives them like a doctor to go see in Brooklyn. They go out in the hallway. Mikey uh, talks to some random kid in the Mickey. hallway. Mickey. Mickey. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sad. I don't want to move kind of thing. Exactly. So then we go. We're already at the new apartment now. Um, they're unpacking. Maggie's unpacking. She's um, talking to her mom. Was, on the the phone. new apartment is complete. There's no construction going on, which is probably a, a plus. But there are some issues, which means she is going to need a handyman once again. Yep. So um, there's a knock at the door, and that's who it is. It's James. What do they call him? They have a different name for him. Not the, the super. He's the, he's the, the super. super. He's, is that superintendent? Yeah. Superintendent, yep. Is that what that stands for? All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the maintenance guy, though. That's what I'm going to call him. And uh, he's there. Yeah, to, it's Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. He's there to check the toilet. He's excited to see Mickey, of course, because um, he likes kids, it seems like. Yeah, he likes. He's like a nice guy. Um, she's like questioning him, like immediately, like you don't really look like a maintenance guy, or that you know what you're doing. And he's like, "Ah, it's okay. I'll be right back. Let me go get my tools." So he leaves <laughs> to go get the tools. Um, while he's gone, Maggie and Mickey go across the hall. Um, they knock on the neighbor's door, who's like yelling at her, "Who is it?" Kind of thing. Like, "Why are you even here?" And she's I have like, a gun. I have a gun. She's like, oh, it's that neighbor, the new neighbor that just met you yesterday. And she's like, ah, all right, come on in. And uh, they go into the house. Um, sh- do we know her name yet? Or I guess you can probably look it up. But I mean, I don't know. It's Anita. Her name is Anita. Anita. That's right. Yeah. So it's Anita yep. and her daughter, Danielle. They're the two that live across the hall. Daniela. Yeah. Daniela. Okay. And Daniela. Um, they put the two kids together in the cage is what uh, Anita calls it. And uh, they kind of talk a little bit about, I don't know, nothing important. I don't think at this point. She kind of tells him a little. Maggie's asking about James and if James is kind of reliable. If you know well, I mean the two job. kids, like the kids aren't talking. Oh about yeah, anything. no, no, they're just they're not talking about anything. Sorry, I forgot the kids talk. Yeah, so yeah, they're talking about like the maintenance guy, and she's like, oh yeah, well he like he'll watch the kids or like anytime, like he's great with kids, kind of thing. That's yeah, and I don't know if this part. is re- I don't know if this is relevant or not to future episodes, but she mentions that he's a songwriter and he he works there as the super, so he has so he can get free rent. Yeah, they so talk about the songwriter thing a few times in this episode, so maybe it will come back later. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Scott Bayo is just gonna like sing to Maggie at some point. That, that's how I they. I hope not. I hope not. Why do you hate him so much? He's not. He's just kind of a. a he's not a nice guy. Not the best person. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Maggie invites uh, Anita to come over at some point in the future, and she's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And then they she's go, come over tonight. She's come over later tonight. We'll have some coffee. Um, we go back to Maggie's apartment, and now Maggie and her mom are is there, and they're unpacking together, right? Right. Exactly. Um, James is working on the closet at this point, and then we get like our first racist moment of the episode where. <laughs> Maggie's mom just thinks that uh, he's got to be Hispanic because he's a maintenance guy and only pretty much only uh, Hispanic people work in maintenance and she just starts talking to him in Spanish like that's that's his first language or something. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Um, Scott Bayo James plays it off well, though, and like starts talking. He probably didn't think didn't care at all. Starts talking back to her in Spanish and then eventually switches over to English, revealing that, uh, oh, this guy speaks English and he's not uh, Hispanic at all. Well, he right. might be Hispanic. Is Scott Bayo Hispanic? I think he's Italian. Italian? Maybe? I don't know. 
I'm not sure. I hope that's not racist, me asking that. But uh, no, he's he's Italian. Okay, so um, her mom is also giving her a really tough time about not being married. Like you should have married. Um, yeah, Mickey's her dad. Daughter. The dad. Mickey's, Mickey's dad. dad. Daughter. <laughs> Mickey's daughter. That's a weird. As soon as Mickey's you uh, were pregnant. As soon as you got pregnant. Right? Yeah. Yeah, she's and, like, you uh, married that I guess guy. we don't know exactly what's going on with Mickey's dad. They do mention like he's gonna, she's gonna see him at some point, but like we don't know why they're not together. Well, the episode that he was in was an episode that was not on TGIF last season. So Tony Danza oh. plays Mickey's dad, and he was in an episode we just didn't watch. Uh, so that's right, we missed some episodes, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And the 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 cast had already changed in the episodes we missed. No, no, not no. really. I mean, this, this, they definitely like had phased out George Clooney a lot by then, and but no one had actually changed. Oh, there was no like. It's just Mickey's but, dad in the last season was Tony Danza. It might not be his dad in this season. Yeah, we. I don't know if we're going to see his dad at all in this season, but he showed up in one episode last season, and, and it was Tony Danza. Do we know like his story or anything like that? Or, I mean, I didn't watch the episode, right. so I don't know. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, mom's giving her a tough time. Um. Maggie says she's got to check in with the office because she was supposed to do that. It's a lot later than she realized. She calls her boss, and her boss needs her to come to the office right now. There's a big financial problem, and she's got to come fix it. Yeah, there's a fire she's got to put out. So uh, Mickey's going to watch. Uh, Mickey's grandma's going to watch Mickey while she goes, and then now she's off to the office where he needs her to fix um, a two hundred thousand dollar problem. I don't know what her job actually is. Is she like she's an accountant? We knew that. Okay. She, we knew that from last season. She's an accountant, and she is they they on a tax return. It's saying that somebody owes two hundred thousand dollars when she thinks that they should be getting back two hundred thousand dollars from from the government. And this is also so we've getting introduced to uh, Bob, right? That's the boss. Yeah, there's and, a lot. Of, I will tell you this: there are a lot of sets in this season. Yeah, that's so true. far. Much more than the, the first season. I mean, we've already gotten like a downstairs area for her apartment with an elevator, an upstairs area with an elevator, her hallway. apartment, hallway, doctor's office, technically. Anita's now apartment. We're in the, now we're in the accounting office. So there's a lot of yeah. sets. Uh, we also meet uh, one of her coworkers here, Susan, who seems like, she, I, I would assume she's going to have a role throughout this show, I guess. It seems like she's going to be important. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you looked up and she's only played one episode or something. I didn't, I didn't get too done. far ahead. No, I'm, I don't know. I okay. don't know. We'll see. So yeah, Susan. And Susan's kind of like, a, I don't know. She's kind of flirty, it seems like. Um, yeah, she's young, flirty. In, interested in finding a guy, that kind of thing. So yeah. And they kind of make some jokes about her like hooking up with dudes a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, that's her role. So back to the yeah. apartments. Um, Mickey and his grandma are now going to the neighbor's house because grandma has broken her tooth and she's got to go to the dentist. So she's going to leave Mickey with Anita across the hall. Yeah, Mickey actually broke her tooth trying to I guess, like feed her and she didn't have her mouth open wide enough. So he, I guess, hit her mouth. Oh, I didn't even realize they said that. I must have missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's going on. We then go back to the this a lot of jumping right here. So we go a lot of jumping around back to the office. Um, Maggie's getting worried because she can't get a hold of anyone at home because she doesn't know that her mom went to the dentist and she's stressing right. out about um, the job and also now trying to contact anyone in her family. Then we go back right. to Anita's apartment where she's got to leave Mickey and Danielle with James because uh, I don't remember her reason, but. She's got to leave. She him. has to go pick. She has to go pick up her other son from school, and so that's okay. why she's going to leave. She's got first. She's just going to leave Mickey with with James, and then she realized she didn't leave a note, so she's going to run up and get a, leave a note and just gives him Anita for a, a minute. But she takes a or excuse me, 
Daniela. Yeah. She ends up taking Daniela back while she goes to pick up her son and just leaves Mickey with James. So then we go back to the office. Um, Maggie has now find this found this financial problem that's going on. And um, while she's kind of finishing things up, Susan is over at the window with a pair of binoculars just looking at guys in the building across the street or wherever they're at. And, Do you think uh, it's George Clooney and the rest of the guys that are yeah, doing Yeah, I think you're right. Work, yeah. Um, and then Maggie still can't get a hold of her mom or Mickey, so she's freaking out, trying to leave. Um, the boss won't let her take any of the work from home, and she's like, well, that was part of the deal. If you don't let me work from home, I quit. And she walks out, and Susan follows her. Yeah, and he says it was only supposed to be for six months and has now been a year and a half, but she doesn't care. She's like, I quit. Doesn't matter. I don't know if Susan quit at this point or she just was like leaving. No, Susan Susan is following her out to try to talk her out of quitting. Oh, okay. She's trying to like calm her down and get everything back together. Then there's this like kind of weird scene where it's just like Such traffic. Such a long, like, they're, they're just showing a bunch of cars like driving New York, but you're hearing, I think mostly Susan, right? Like talking in the yeah. car. It's only like 15, 20 seconds, but it feels like five <laughs> minutes and it was totally unnecessary. And it's just like her talking about like guys. And then I feel like there's a real racist cab driver like in the middle of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like a, a real a stereotypical real racist, like, voice. Middle Eastern. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, then we go back to the apartment. Um, James and Mickey are fixing the sink and Maggie and Susan eventually get back to the apartment where Maggie finds the note from her mom, and then she's just bouncing all over the apartments, like yeah, trying yeah. to figure yeah. out where they are. And eventually they end up back in her own apartment where James is now feeding Mickey, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, that's where I guess he was fixing. No, he was fixing Anita's sink, but somehow they're, they're just all over and, the place. Yeah. yeah, they're all over the place. So uh maggie eventually finds mickey she's relieved about the whole thing susan is trying to flirt with james like immediately after seeing him she ends up james leaving. is giving maggie a hard time for coming home late and not letting him know yeah like he's like pretending to be like the husband father role this whole thing and then she says that uh she tried to call and eventually apologizes to james and tells james that she quit her job and uh he's like well i fixed the toilet and uh she tries to pay him for watching Mickey and he's like, I oh, don't worry about it. And uh, then Maggie's boss shows up, right? Yeah. Yeah. James leaves Bob, Bob Coleman, Maggie's boss shows up. And I think James apologizes to Bob for Mickey, for Maggie, even though she didn't really want to apologize. But um, the boss wants Maggie back at work. Um, they try to negotiate some working from home and eventually she, well, he, he tells, he says that she's the, you're the best accountant. So that's why he needs her back. Yeah. And eventually they agree that she's going to be in the office two days a week and then uh, working from home the other three. Yep. Five, five hours uh, on those two days. So pretty good, pretty good gig. So Bob leaves Maggie celebrates with Mickey. And then we go to our final scene where Maggie is putting Mickey to bed. They haven't got it away from this. I guess this is still going to happen every single episode. <laughs> probably and uh maggie's talking to him about james and then like growing up and being able to do whatever he wants yeah and uh her mom kind of walks in and watches kind of like the end of the step-by-step episode where like uh frank was watching the two of them and now i don't know it's kind of similar but uh yeah her mom's like oh man i guess i did a pretty good job because she approves of the whole thing of of uh maggie being great mom yep um, and there's credits with Mickey and Daniela. Oh, there's, there's one good line at the end, though. Um, okay, okay. She's like, uh, 
the mom says to Maggie, aren't you going to ask me about my tooth? And then Mickey says, uh-oh, she's going to squeal on me. And then that's the end of the episode. That's it. Yep. And then there's video of Mickey and Daniela playing drums and in indigenous like headgear. I turned it off immediately. Like I didn't see any of this drumming and it doesn't sound like it's very appropriate to me. It's not. It is definitely not the kind of thing that you would see nowadays. I am I did not I don't I don't like this show. I don't like it. It's not good. I'm glad it's not good. There's not a it, whole it, lot left. This of this felt like a pilot. This felt like people who were just kind of going through the motions, didn't really have a good plan. This felt like a pilot and it was hard to watch in places. You want to rank them? We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we can do that. I've got mine ready. There was, I got there was mine a lot of good ones. You go, you go first. Number four, Baby Talk. That's the easiest one. Easy. Right? Um, the other three, I really feel fine about any of these being in any order, but I put uh, Step by Step at number three. I mean, I'm glad <laughs> it's a new show. I love that it's uh, it's here, but I don't feel like it was the best first episode. Like, not a lot happened compared to the other two. Like, a lot happens okay. in the other two. I put Perfect Strangers at number two. Like you said earlier, I mean, it's a classic Perfect Strangers episode. It has everything you could want. And I put Family Matters at one. Uh, something about an ape it, with Steve Urkel just, just does it for me. I had them reverse. So definitely Baby Talk at four. But I had per- or Family Matters at three, Perfect Strangers at two, Full House, not Full House. Uh, I had Step by Step at one. I Like you said, though, the 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 you know the three main ones, I could really put them in any order, but I, I got really excited seeing Step by Step. Yeah. I'm glad that we're watching it. I mean, like it. I said, too, like I don't care what any order. Like they're, they're All yeah. three were great. They were good. I agree. And I, that makes me really happy. A great kickoff for season three. And, uh, Absolutely. Except for Baby Talk. Uh, except for Baby Talk. <laughs> some great episodes. I don't even understand what that's about, but get, whatever. We'll, we'll get through it. Um, what do we got going on next week? Is it all four shows, I'm assuming, right? All four shows, yep. So Family Matters, Season 3, Episode 2, Step by Step, Season 1, Episode 2, Perfect Strangers, Season 7, Episode 2, and Baby Talk, Season 2, Episode 2. I am hoping the episode numbers line up for a while because it's so much easier for me when they do. <laughs> they do not. Oh, come on. No, they get out of, they go out of whack pretty quick. Like Episode so, 7, probably? No, like Episode 4. Oh, man. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Um, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIF on the social medias um, thanks once again to we're going to butcher his name one more time Feu Feu, Feu Matos Feu? sorry Feu hopefully we're getting that right but thank um, you yeah great theme song uh, thanks for sending that in if you want to send in your own version we have an email address it's pretty easy TGIFcast at gmail.com and uh, TGIFcast is how you can follow us on all social media and make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel Two guys into Fridays and watch all the video versions of the show. All the video stuff. So I think that's all um, I've yeah. got, Steve. I mean, next week on the show, too, we're going to – we probably mentioned that. So we did the live uh, show oh, right. at Comic-Con, at, at AwesomeCon, and uh, we talked about the Family Matters and the Step-by-Step episode that are going to be next week on the show so we're going to try to use that audio for that part of the show, and then we'll have yeah. new audio for Perfect Strangers and Baby Talk. That's the plan. That's Hopefully, the plan. it'll work out. So if you were at the if you were at the live recording, you might hear yourself next week talking or singing or uh, give, having a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah, yeah. It's All a right, lot man. to get into. It is. Anything else? Nope. All right, Steve. You have a good week. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is rare. Gonna have some fun, show you how you're done, TGIF.
TBN Podcast.